When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, 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 everyone. I'm Rob Wolf, and welcome to episode number 82 of Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded Mets in our beloved franchise's quirky history, because to us, every player who dons the orange and blue is, in some way, unformidable. And in 2022, it's just been good vibes all around for the Mets this year. Not, I'm not quite sure how to handle it or process it, frankly, but so it goes, and enjoy it while I can. Um, and it's been good vibes, especially when the Mets have been playing the Phillies this year. Sure, we got stuck uh, this past weekend, planning and recording this, uh, watching Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Never never where you want to be listening to your Mets, or any baseball, really. And then it looked as if the Mets would be denied a sweep of the Phillies when there was a long drive to left by Nick Castellanos. But even his eerie... Cardinal-like devil magic is no match for the mojo the Mets seem to have going right now. This time it was Nick Plummer becoming, I believe, the 14th Met to record a home run as his first professional hit while as a Met, and there are some illustrious Met names in there, like Ron Swoboda and Lenny Dykstra on that list, and other names whose baseball and Met stories are still being written, like Jeremy Hefner. But in keeping with the good vibes and good times around the team, I'm, I've just decided to wing it this week and pick what's probably, for me, a rare, 
unformidable subject, a rare short time met that I have nothing but good feelings about. I liked him when he was here, but I liked it even more when he left. He had a home run in his first at bat, had a solid rookie season, and got traded for a Hall of Famer, the unformidable Mike Fitzgerald. Michael Roy Fitzgerald was born on July 13, 1960, in Long Beach, California. He was selected by the New York Mets in the sixth round of the 1978 MLB draft out of Lakewood High School in California. And as often would happen with the catching prospect, a catching prospect out of high school, it was a slow, steady uh, work through the minors for Mike Fitzgerald. He gradually became a prospect who looks like uh, who looked like at his peak he could be a solid defensive catcher without being a complete liability with the bat. I, I think would be probably the uh, scouting performance or you know what the 90th percentile outcome or whatever the phrase would be for Mike Fitzgerald. He had a couple of impressive seasons in the minors uh, at age 18 in A ball. He hit 13 homers and 75 RBIs uh, a few years later in AAA Tidewater at age 22. He would hit 14 homers and knock in 65, and more impressively, uh, record 73 walks against 57 strikeouts, uh, 284 batting average, 403 on-base percentage, 449 slugging percentage. Not bad numbers for a for 22-year-old catching prospect with some defensive chops. Now, of course, this slow, steady climb through the minors that Fitzgerald was embarking on uh, was coinciding with a time when the Mets, of course, were utterly floundering at the Major League level. Uh, from 1978 to 82, uh, those were some of the first seasons I remember watching the Mets, and they're generally regarded as among the darkest days of a franchise that has seen its share of dark days. Of course, Fitzy, I have no idea if he was called Fitzy, but I would like to think he was, was crossing paths with and catching some of the arms and other young players that the Mets were hoping would turn the franchise's fortunes around. Some of Fitzgerald's teammates on those 83 tides included Wally Backman, Daryl Strawberry, Ron Darling, Walt Terrell, among other familiar names. And, apocryphally or not, uh, it was all of these young players that the Mets supposedly used to sell Keith Hernandez on sticking around with the team and not exercising his rights for a trade after the 83 season, after you know joining a franchise that was historically moribund. And indeed, as September dawned in 83, the Mets were in last place in the NL East, playing out the string, but giving a lot of their younger players uh the September call-up, and getting them some Major League experience, including Mike Fitzgerald, who made his Major League debut on September 13, 1983, at Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. He was batting eighth and catching his battery mate from AAA, Walt Terrell, who got called up earlier that season. Mets were playing the Phillies, who were embroiled in a tight division race uh, with primarily with the Pirates, although the Expos and the Cardinals. Uh, it was a bit of a bit of a logjam that year in the NL East. In fact, uh, the Expos had actually pulled ahead of the Phillies by a half a game uh, on September 13th before this game. So it was a game with definite 
pennant implications, just not for our Mets. Uh, Fitzgerald, as I said, was batting eighth, and with the Mets leading one nothing in the sec- top of the second inning, came to the plate against Tony Gelfie of the Phillies. And in his very first major league at bat, Fitzgerald hit the ball out to dead center for a home run, uh, becoming at the time the 57th player in major league history to hit a home run in his first major league at bat. And it was all downhill from there. No, not really. As I said, he was a he had a pretty good rookie year in 84 as a Met. But at any rate, probably much more importantly for the Mets' future, uh, Daryl Strawberry would homer later in the game to give the Mets a three nothing lead. He would double in Keith Strawberry would double in Keith Hernandez in the sixth to give the Mets a four nothing lead, and Fitzgerald would record a second RBI on a ground out to second with the bases loaded, on which Strawberry came in to score. Uh, in the game, the Mets would go on to win five to one. Fitzgerald would get six more starts down the stretch and a, come in a couple of late inning defensive replacement a couple of times, uh, but record only one more hit the rest of the way. He would go two for 20 in his 1983 cup of coffee. But in 1984, Fitzgerald would win the starting job in spring training at the age of 23, would be the starting catcher for the 1984 New York Mets. And while the 1983 Mets finished 68 and 94 in last place in the NL East, not much was expected of the 84 edition uh, with new manager Davey Johnson, but that would certainly go on to be one of the most fun Met seasons I can remember. No small part because of the unexpectedness of it. From when they were 23 and 23 on June 3rd, uh, the Mets would go 36 and 14 over their next 15 games to reach a Record of 59 and 37, four and a half, half games ahead of the Cubs in the NL East at the time. It was utterly unthinkable. And Fitzgerald didn't contribute a ton with the bat, but he was impressively steady defensively behind the plate, catching a pitching staff whose oldest regular starter, uh, Bruce Bereni, was 29 years old and other main starters ranged in age from, of course, the 19-year-old wonderkind Doc Gooden to the relatively aged, comparatively speaking, 26-year-old Walt Terrell in his second full season, third major league season overall. Probably Fitzgerald's best offensive game in 84, or at least his most key contributions were just at the end of that 50-game stretch I just mentioned, uh, July 23rd, 1984. The Mets were hosting the Cardinals at Shea. Again, Terrell on the hill. It was a 1-1 game in the bottom of the second when Fitzgerald launched a two-run homer off of Ricky Horton of the Cardinals to give the Mets a 3-1 lead. The Cardinals would tie the game in the eighth. Uh, The game would go into extras. And in the 12th, against old friend Neil Allen, Fitzgerald would lead off the bottom of the 12th with a single, uh, get bunted over on a sacrifice by Rafael Santana, and come around to score the winning run on a Wally Backman single off of Neil Allen. Uh, that one raised the Mets to 56-37, and 37, and again sent them into a big series against the Cubs, uh, looking like they could... Uh, 
potentially take the NL East, which of course, alas, was ultimately not meant to be in 1984, as the precocious young team was a little bit ahead of its time. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Gerald in the Mets would wilt a bit down the stretch. Uh, his average as high as 262 after that Cardinal game on July 23rd. Uh, Fitzgerald would finish the year batting 242 uh, with a 288 on base percentage and a 306 slugging percentage. Uh, for a mere 593 OPS on the season. However, he did receive accolades, both traditional and looking back now uh, on more advanced metrics uh, for his defense in 1984. Uh, he led NL catchers in range factor and fielding percentage. Um, he became only the fourth catcher in MLB history to win a fielding title in his rookie year. And according to Baseball Reference, he was good for 1.1 defensive war uh, for the 1984 season. He earned numerous uh, all-rookie accolades as the catcher for the 1984 Topps All-Star Rookie Team, Baseball Digest, and other publications. In short, he might have seemed like a perfect fit to stick with a team whose uh, oldest regulars were the veterans Keith Hernandez at 30 and George Foster at 35, but had up and down their lineup, and especially in their pitching staff, youth uh, all over the place. Wally Backman at second base, 24. Hubie Brooks at third base, 27. Mookie Wilson and Daryl Strawberry uh, flanking George Foster in the outfield at 28 and 22 years of age, respectively. And that aforementioned pitching staff already becoming the talk of baseball thanks to the 19-year-old Dr. K, uh, but also with Terrell, Ron Darling, and Sid Fernandez uh, looking impressive at the ages of 26, 23, and 21, respectively. Even the closer, Jesse Orozco, who stuck around baseball so long, I think of him as perpetually old, uh, was only 27 years old during the 1984 season. As Frank Cashin had tried to 
Promise and sell Keith Hernandez on, in one season, the Mets went from what seemed like a bit of a hopeless franchise to one with an abundance of hope. And yeah, I was pretty young, like 10, 9, 10 years old back then, but I remember really liking Fitzgerald or, you know, just loving the promise of a 22, 23-year-old catcher. But that's why I don't run professional baseball teams. As on December 10th of 1984, Fitzgerald was packaged with the aforementioned Hubie Brooks and minor leaguers Herm Winningham and Floyd Yeomans to the Montreal Expos for catcher Gary Carter, who appeared to be at that moment, and ultimately would be, the final piece of the Mets championship puzzle. Poor Mike Fitzgerald, and poor, even more so, Hubie Brooks, who was really a pretty great Met, again, during some dark seasons. I remember his hitting streak. I I just remember him being one of my favorite, favorite Mets in my youth. To not just get traded as the franchise was turning it around, but to get traded in a trade that brought so much joy, uh, unquestioned, unparalleled joy. I mean, memory's a funny thing, but I kind of, you know, I I was young, but I, I... feel like I remember my mom, I remember getting home from school and my mom saying like, oh, the Mets made a trade, Bobby. They, I think they traded for a catcher. And I was like, Gary Carter? The Mets trade for Gary Carter? That that seemed to be the only possible, you know, she, she said it was a big trade and who was bigger in baseball at the time than Gary Carter? And just the idea that our team that was finally good might have acquired Gary Carter seemed too much to hope for, but it was not. And so as much uh, joy as the promise of a young 22-year-old catcher growing with your young pitchers might have offered the joy when Mike Fitzgerald was traded from the Mets was that much greater. Fitzgerald would actually spend seven years with the Expos from 85 to 1991, Uh, Most of them as their primary catcher. He played between 63 and 111 games a year for the Expos. In 1988, he accomplished the notable moment uh, on July July 26th. Uh, He hit a pinch hit walk-off grand slam at Stade Olympique, coming into a 4-4 game in the bottom of the 11th, pinch hitting for the pitcher Neil Heaton, and hitting a game-winning Grand Slam. According to Sabre's baseball list and record book, uh, through 2003, that had only happened 13 times in Major League Baseball history. Interestingly, three of the occurrences were by New York Mets. Uh, Tim Tuffle had done it previously, as you may have seen in 1986, Highlight videos on June 10th of 86, um, and subsequently, after Fitzgerald, both Todd Hunley and Benny Agbayani accomplished the feat in 1995 and 2000, respectively. Fitzgerald might have had his best major league season in 1990 at the age of 29, Uh, He appeared in 111 games for the Expos. He had a career-high nine home runs, drove in 41 runs, and as a 29-year-old catcher, was 8-for-9 in stolen bases that year, Uh, walked 60 times, struck out 60 times, 
had a 113 OPS plus that year, one of only three seasons in which he was above 100 in that mark. Uh, but his play tailed off quite a bit in 1991, struggled with injuries throughout the year, and eventually left the Expos as a free agent after the season was over. He spent his final Major League season of 1992 in California with the Angels back home. Fitzgerald spent 93 in the Brewers organization, but never made it out of the minors and retired after that season. For his Major League career, Fitzgerald appeared in 848 games over the course of his career. Uh, He had 2,316 at-bats. He hit 48 home runs. So that home run to at-bat ratio really dipped down after the first at-bat of his career. He drove in 293 runs, and he stole 31 bases in his career. I mean, I guess he stole eight at the age of 29, but uh, kind of impressive for a catcher. Uh, His slash line, he had a 235 career batting average, 321 on base, 346 slugging, for a 667 OPS and an 87 OPS plus. And for his career, he recorded a 2.1 war, according to baseball reference. Kind of an odd career, uh, as his offensive numbers improved, uh, like from 88 to 90, uh, his defensive numbers kind of cratered. He had a couple of productive seasons, such as 1990, where he was good for 2.3 war just in that season, but he also had a couple of uh, really poor years, according to analytics, uh, such as 85 and 87, in which he was uh, had a negative war, including negative 1.3 in 1987. But Fitzgerald managed himself a 10-year major league career, as a largely as a starting catcher. A solid career punctuated by a couple of very memorable home runs. And for Met fans, he'll always be remembered for his inclusion in one of the most notable and productive and important trades in the franchise's history, the unformidable Mike Fitzgerald. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Unformidable. Please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. Please follow Amazon Avenue on all of the social medias. You can find this and all of our amazing pods wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us out. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R, and the show is at Unformidable. Thank you, and as always, let's go Mets.